Welcome to the Dog Spot Podcast with Melanie and Katie, where we're going to talk about everything dogs, especially wellness. That includes dog behavior, force-free grooming, nutrition, and lifestyle tips. This podcast is for general information only. It's not intended for medical advice, diagnostic, or treatment. Make sure to always check with your vet and consult when needed or talk with your pet care specialist for specific advice for your pup. All right, welcome back to episode eight of Dog Spa, where we're going to talk about different types of activity, games, toys, based on the breed, based on the behavior. Um, yeah. All right, so now a dog. <laughs> What's a bug? <laughs> <laughs> so a dog, just like us, has, you know, an energy level, has a drive. Dogs will have low drive, medium drive, high drive. Obviously, the way that we're, we're, we will approach a low-drive dog, we won't approach it the same for a high-drive. Of course. Again, we talked on the episodes of how to, when you're getting a puppy, getting the right drive or energy dog for your lifestyle and your family is really important. Yeah, and why it's so important. <laughs> to reduce the chances of maybe getting rid of your dog or ad- abandoning ending up in a shelter because it's not adapted to your lifestyle um now a lot of people there they'll tell us our dog just sleeps all day we go to work they sleep and then we when we come home they're full of energy or they're they're just like oh they're happy to see us and then sometimes they're scratching a lot they're scratching or they're chewing they're destroying a lot of behaviors so what happens is that why i always tell people I said, what would happen if you were in the situation of your dog? If you would be home all day and not have anything to do. Like, literally, you're retired. But if you're retired, what are you going to do? You're going to go on vacation. You're going to go and do some hobbies. You're going to have some fun, right? But the dog is just stuck at home doing nothing for pretty much all day. So, getting lazy, but dogs, like, let's say with a medium or high drive. Low drive might pass, but medium to high drive, those dogs... (laughs) cannot be lazy nope. so things are gonna happen they're it's gonna, gonna take it out out their energy in other ways in other ways they're gonna develop behaviors it can increase stress in their body increase inflammation meaning it increase health problems yeah. reduce lifespan so dogs that are sleeping all day they're not necessarily all peaceful no. so we would have to see the signs of okay does my dog have any types of behaviors that could detect that maybe my dog needs some more activity mm-hmm. So we could, we'll tell you all about what kind of activities we could do and offer, things that we could do together, things you could give them to do on their own, and toys that could be available or games, not necessarily to say, okay, if you're on a budget and say like, look, I I can't afford just buying toys all over all the time. There's things you can make at home. Things that you could do at home, DIY, or games that you could like do together, that it's going to be a fun... Interactive. Interactive together. relationship that you could have with your pet. Mm-hmm. Why have a dog if you're not going to have a nice relationship Absolutely. with them? So we're going to go and start with... We're going by different groups mm-hmm. of breeds. So different uh, groups. For sure, again, in each group, you could still have low, medium, or high drive. Yeah. Depending on your breeder, ask your breeder when you're buying a dog. Or if you're getting it from a shelter... They have behaviorists that could tell you which kind of drive this dog has. Exactly. And we're going on groups, but we're generalizing based on the common uh, behaviors of these groups. Like, are they more hurting? Are they more fetching? Are they more working? Like, what do they normally do? What does the breed normally do? 
But this is also going to depend on your dog because the further we get away generation-wise from the working or, or the jobs that these dogs do, the more that their personality is going to lead their preference, maybe more so than their breed. Of course, there's some breeds that are more, you know, still closer in their job, uh, that they haven't been bred so many times that their instincts no longer are there. But it is happening. There are some that are less and less responsive to their original instinct. So this is why we're going to give you different types of categories of toys and games that you can use. Um, but we're going to start with Terrier. Yeah, let's use the... Uh, let's use... <laughs> let's start with Terrier. The group includes... Could be Jack Russell, Fox Terrier, West Island Terrier, um, or... Anything pretty much that we could say the name Terrier at the end. Usually that's how they call this this group of breed. Yeah. Is that they're going to put Terrier at the end of their breed name. Uh, some of them don't. Uh, again, there's not one that comes to mind right now. But again, there's other ones that are card... Are card? That are called Terrier, but they're not in the Terrier group anymore. Oh, so they've changed. Yes. Mm. So uh, there's Pincher. That went in the toy group. Really? Which Pincher is Pincher Terrier. Hmm. Why is that? Because they're less... uh, Boston Terrier. They're in the toy group too. They're also in the smaller group too. And because of their nose... They can't... Like the the way that they've got created in life... They're created by humans. So so if there's no humans on this world, these dogs cannot live naturally Mm -hmm. in in nature. Mm -hmm. They're humanly created. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning... They didn't have that short nose as much. They had a longer snout. And they were created for what does terriers do? They run after little rodents. They go search for them. They go kill them. Stuff like that. That's their job. Sniffing. With time, people start taking the Boston Terrier and modifying modifying their physical appearance to have a shorter snout. They're like, oh, they already have a shorter shorter snout than others. Let's make it even shorter. Because it's cute. So people start modifying genetically to change aesthetic yeah. with time by changing aesthetic changed also their work yeah because with they weren't time. able to do as a heavy they're, work they're not doing it as much i still consider that even though they are in the toy group or non-sporting group i still think they still have a higher drive yeah then let's say a chihuahua or sure. a shih tzu or stuff but like that but they might need to do different types of activity Yes. Yeah. So even though they are in that group, <coughs> we're going to put exceptions for that group because that group is very variable. Mm-hmm. Yes, some are low drive. Yes, some of them because of the, the way that they're made with their shorter nose. They can't, let's say, go hiking. Mm-hmm. You could still take them hiking. A- but respect going to be different, yeah. But respect their limits that they don't have the same breathing capacity as other dogs. Yeah. So in Terrier, what do Terriers love to do? Well, they like, for sure, no doubt, probably digging. Yeah, probably. Because they go in, like, uh, under the ground to go and run after the rats and mice and stuff like that. Yeah. Searching and sniffing. Um, what do you call that? Is that... that um, we saw it at the salon where they rat... Um, oh, 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 my God. Rat search or... Um, yeah, I don't remember what the actual name was. We, did, we saw that at the Salon National des Animaux de Compagnie. So it's a type of sport that they put a rat in a cage and they hide it in uh, hay, hay and, stuff like and that. then they have to look for it. Yeah. And once they find it, that's when they got 
they get reinforced. Yeah, it's a really fun game to do. If you want to do this with your terrier, you could even do it with dogs that are non-terriers. For sure. Because they, they just have to have the drive for it. They just have to have the drive for it, but they love that. So if you could ever do that activity and, and try it out with your terrier, I, I would have loved doing it with my Jack Russell. But again, it was like when I discovered that sport, she was already old enough and she didn't have the drive for a rat. When she saw the rat, she had no reaction. Mm. Okay. So I was like, well, maybe if it starts running, she will get the the instinct. But if it's just stuck in a cage, I don't think it's she's gonna. Enough. It's not. Yeah, it wasn't interesting enough for her. But those dogs would love that. So searching, sniffing, digging, running, they're gonna be very active. They're gonna love maybe agility or other types of sports that will require running, frisbee tricks. They have usually the terriers will have a higher drive than other groups. Mm-hmm. So. Example for me with Myla, she was a Jack Russell. I gave her chewing at home when I didn't have time to actually do activities with her or tricks, teaching her obedience, teaching her stuff. They love it. They love working. Yeah, they're smart. And even when I do them in TICAP and behavioral grooming, terriers, they're so fun to work with because yeah. they want to work for you. So you, you get more results. You get more cooperation. Faster results or they just want to work for you. Mm-hmm. They want to get that reward. They want to please you. So they're more on the end because they do tend to be on a dog that will go and, let's say, chase and attack and kill maybe rodents. So there are more on the aggressive side. Yeah, they have more. So they're not, they're not for everybody, as we have spoken on the puppy episode. But the dogs, I find it's such a, it's, it's such a fun group. Yeah. I know, again, like I... I told myself right now I cannot get another Jack Russell because I'm still grieving Myla, but I know I'm pretty sure I'm going to have another one Yeah. because I love that group so much. <laughs> They're really fun. They're really smart. They're fun. It's it's They have full of light and energy. Mm. It's it's crazy. They're just such a happy... Again, if you're able to meet that demand, you're going to have a great relationship with your dog. Yeah, they're really fun. But they're not lazy dogs. They're not dogs to just sit at home and sleep yeah. on a couch. Myla was... <laughs> Expect to come home to a ripped up couch if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Myla was just constantly asking for activities. Yeah. Even at, tw- at 14, she'd always constantly she ask for something. She could chew like a champ, man. Oh my gosh. She's she was... so smart with her toys. Toys, interactive toys. She had hard, difficulty ones. Even at 14. It was, like, really constant. Like, it was really fun. Like, I expect this dog is, like, for the whole time, they're going to always keep asking for yeah, stuff. Yeah, so if we're going for types of chews and toys with this breed, we're going to go for more puzzle toys. Stuff that they can figure out that they're going to have to use their brain. They're going to have to smell out where the toy is. Um, so puzzles, you can also go with, if you're trying to do something from home, you can roll some treats up in a towel, tie it up in a knot. You can do hide and seek where you're hiding little pieces of toys and you make them go sniff around the house for it. Um, it's a good way to incorporate training as well. Yeah. Uh, chewing, they really, really like to chew. So you might want to give different varieties of chews, uh, maybe ones that are a little bit more difficult. Um, what else? Uh, frisbee, so they want to run and jump. Run after or something, yeah. I never had the success of the frisbee with Myla. I really tried hard, but then when I noticed she would never go for it unless it was on the floor, oh, I yeah. said, ah, oh, forget didn't want to it. Jump for it. Just forget it. I'm so going to do something else with her. There are so many different ideas. I know there's also uh, websites and programs of people who uh, do challenges for training as well. And I don't know if any of those are breed specific. No. No, not really. It's pretty Could general. be for anybody, yeah. But then again, with a breed like this, with, with a group like this where they're very stimulated... Maybe you want to challenge yourself to do stuff like that, where maybe every day or every week 
uh, you teach a new trick that's going to keep them busy. It's going to keep them, you know, occupied, using their brain, um, which is going to, you know, take their energy so they're not destroying things. Because this breed is very demanding. They need uh, you to respect the level of energy that they have and help them get rid of that energy. If not, they will chew things. They can get aggressive. They can tear things apart. Not saying that all of them are like that, but if we're going specifically on you know the generalizing of the breed they need to be busy yeah and also just a heads up they tend to be a breed that do bark more not saying that all of them are gonna bark but barking is a way of using energy or mm. to spend energy mm-hmm. so they might love to just talk a lot yeah and myla used to be like that and that was one way of i just let her talk at some point like okay talk a little bit bark at the window a little bit yeah like i had a a level of acceptance of barking because i knew this was something that how she spent her energy a little bit Mm -hmm. she loved disgusting talking yeah protecting Mm -hmm. so it's 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 a way also that if you want to bring them somewhere that they tend to just waste all their energy and just bark it all out they're gonna be poofed out after exactly So next uh, group is the working group. So we spoke a little bit about this. Which episode was it? The puppy episode, part one. Right, because we're talking about how to choose your breed, right? Um, So in the working, we have Huskies, Shepherds, Rottweilers, Dobermans. Uh, So typically larger breeds in the working. Mostly, yeah. There's still smaller dogs in this group. Yeah, well, Terrier is a working breed, but it's a more More specific. specific, Yes. Even Hounds are a working breed, but that's more specific. Yeah. Uh, Herding as well. When we're talking working, you know, they could be for the army, could be for the cops, could be for firefighters. It could be like big jobs, big jobs that they have something to do. Yeah. So the the reason why this breed is called the working dog and why they do these big, important jobs is because they love to be asked what to do. They love to please. They love to perform a certain demand and complete it and be rewarded for it. And that's what they're living by. They want to please you. They want to bring, you know, if you're asking them to do something, they're going to make sure that they're able to do that for you. Which is a really great relationship to have with your dog. Not just because they're doing stuff for you, but because you create that bond of trust where you want to help each other. Yeah, and if these breeds, just (laughs) for your information (laughs) right now, if you do get this dog and this dog spends a lot of time alone, Again, a lot of behavior issues Anxiety. because that's what they all want is to be with people yeah. and doing a job. So if they just are with you, hanging out, yeah. but being lazy, there's going to be signs that they're going to show anything. Like German Shepherds might start getting vocal. Yeah. They're anxious breeds. Yeah. They're going to start whining. Uh, Dobermans also, they could whine. Honestly, I thought, yeah, German Shepherds whine, but Dobermans whine also. Yeah, they yeah. have this little whiny thing that they do. <laughs> they do this little whiny thing but they have a high drive people just think like oh they're they're good well they could be good with kids they're good with families they're really good family dogs yeah like look at chef chef's in the working class he's a husky uh and um uh bernese he's relatively calm he's never been full of energy however what i did notice is he needs to come everywhere i go he goes everywhere with me, whether that's in the car, whether it's to work, whether it's to a family place, whether it's any... He needs to be with me, and when he's not, I see his stress go up. So, not, he's not necessarily at work, 
but he's working. He's he's uh, tagging on along his, everywhere I go. At his drive, he's a low drive dog, and yeah, he, he gets to do those things. If he does those things, he's happy. Yeah, and if he doesn't do those things, I notice how it upsets him, and he gets anxious, and he becomes sad, and he's not himself. And like we said, if that stress goes up, that brings a whole bunch of problems. So this is a different type of way that you could potentially notice. A change in your dog's behavior. Some of them, they're going to destroy things. Some of them, they're going to get aggressive. Some of them will get sad. Yeah. And there, yeah, there's going to be behavioral changes and things are going to start happening if they don't get what they need. Yeah. So this particular breed, uh, walking is always a really great way just to spend time with them because they love spending time with you. So with a working breed, the more walks, the better. They're, the they're more like social games, like things that you could do together yeah. with them. So they love the human company. So obstacles, hide and seek, uh, interactive where they... Ha- I think almost in every breed, the interactive is going to be yeah, a big absolutely. one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interactive, interactive could be hiding small treats in toys. Again, rolling them up in a towel, uh, taking uh, toilet paper rolls. Hiding them so they need to go dig them out with their paws. Put it inside a box and put the toilet paper closed inside. Yeah, of course, you want to use stuff that's not harmful. If they ever do ingest, you want to be careful of what you're using. If they tend to be destructive, then you have to adjust. Yeah, but there is different uh, difficulty levels of toys. Uh, So we could go with something like the Snoop. We can go with the, the... Is it the Mike? The Kong? Yeah. Yeah, Mike... What else is really good? There's the totally pooched uh, stuff that's pretty good for dispensing or hiding stuff in. Yeah. Um, chewing is going to be good for these dogs too because they need to clean those teeth. And as we've said many times, 30 minutes of chewing is like a 90 minute walk. So that's going to take a lot of energy from them too. Uh, agility and other sports like that. Depending could, on their drive. Yeah, depending uh, on their drive. The, like obviously maybe they're, they won't all maybe go to like competitive side of agility. Yeah. Depending on their drive. Uh, but any types of sports, hiking, anywhere where they could follow you or follow your lead or tell, like you tell them what to do, yeah. they'll be all over it. Another thing I want to mention about the working class is they really do love human company. But at the beginning, we mentioned how they really just want to please you and they love being asked what to do. This particular group can be, depending on your dog, dogs that can be very independent. You know, some of them, if they're herding sheep, they're guarding places, they could be alone for quite a long time because they know they have a job to do. And as long as they know that that's their job and they need to be on alert all the time, they're doing something good. And they know you're going to be happy with that. So like I said, with Chef, I do bring him everywhere I go, but I think it's just the fact that he's doing stuff all the time. Yeah. Depending on the activity that was routine in your lifestyle, and they love that, and they're used to that, that's what they need to do. Yeah, there's some dogs that I've seen, you know, with mailmen in the truck, and they just go, and it seems like they know this is my job, this is what I do every day, I'm not particularly, you know, hunting or this or that. But this is what I have to do. This is my purpose. Yeah. So they can be alone or they can be with you. As long as they have something to do and they know what that is, they're going to be pretty fulfilled. Yeah, because often enough, I mean, once you, you go to work and they're alone at home, often you're going to put a camera, they're going to be sleeping all day. Yeah, and then, like we said, that can encourage either destructive behaviors or the depression. Stress, depression. Yeah. There's a bunch of things that could happen, and not all of them are gonna have the same response. Yeah, and some people say, "Oh, how can my dog be depressed?" Well, if you didn't have a dog sitting at home, what would that breed be doing? It would be working. Yes. So this is why depression. You know that word is thrown around a lot. We just mean that their system is depressed. They are not using that energy. They are not being fulfilled in their life for what they were meant to do. So response, different responses that you you could have psychologically. 
there's the fight, uh, fight, flight, or freeze. Now, fighting, they could get aggressive. They could show behavior like they're gonna be go, like they're gonna confront. Yeah. Flight, they're gonna run away. Some dogs, maybe they're so fed up of being at home, locked up, being lazy, and then all of a sudden, when they get the freedom of just running out in the street, they're like, "Wow, this is so fun!" They're gonna try. They're gonna start running away. Uh, They're gonna be destructive. This is more on the um, fighting. It would be destructive behavior, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, barking, a lot of like like vocal behaviors, and freeze. Well, that's where we talk about depression, where the dogs are just gonna lay down and be like, "Look, I have no other choice. Yeah. I have nothing else I could do. Yeah. I am not gonna fight. I am not gonna fly away. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fly over this I can't, fence. I, I can't, tried. I can't fly. <laughs> so then they just decide. Well, that's it. This is my life. I give up. I give up. And, and it sucks because we just think, well, he's sleeping and he's peaceful. But Some what people if? think too, oh, I have such a great dog, he's so calm. But as we spoke, spoke about in our last episode with seniors, if you have a dog that's consistently calm their whole life, you might think that they're okay, but if they're living that stress, you're going to see health issues come up later. Absolutely. <clears throat> it's really on depending on if it just got suppressed. Yeah. If the behaviors that they had as a puppy were always like, no, don't do this, no, don't do this, no, don't do this. Well, at this point, this dog maybe just learned, well, I can't do anything. Yeah, that's why I'm saying, too, with this particular group, take them on walks. See how their behavior changes. See how happy they get just yeah. accompanying you somewhere and going somewhere. It's not just about the exercise part. Exercise is good for your health. They need the bond. But the, the stimulation, the activity to do together, going out, exploring, yeah. is good for the brain. It's good for the body, the heart, everything. Yeah, let your dog sniff around, too, during your walks. I don't think we mentioned that before. Not yet, yeah, but, but that's uh, really good. Yeah. So, Walk and sniffing. So the next group is the hounds. <laughs> the hounds. <laughs> Bloodhound, beagle, dash hound. All oh, of oh. <laughs> <laughs> So these breeds, technically, anything that you're going to hide that they have to sniff, they have great noses, they need to sniff and sniff and sniff and sniff. Walk oh. and sniff, hide stuff, odor detection games. Hunting. Hunting, they just have to smell. They need to they, find. They're, they're going to be very happy when they find it. <laughs> like a lot of the those breeds are going to be used in airports to sniff out drugs and yep. working. So these breeds are just amazing for that. So anything that they could do mostly with their noses. Detection of They're going to love it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, that's at the intense uh, side of things. But hey, hounds are used for that. You know, if you're missing people. Detectives. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's such a great job. Yeah, so they're uh, particular, like you said, hide-and-seek, searching, different walks, different areas, so they can love a new environment. If you bring them in the forest or you bring them in a new place, they're going to want to sniff everything out, and they're going to want to show you what they found. So with these particular dogs, um, you want to do a lot of hide-and-seek. You want to do a lot of interactive play that's going to require them to move and use their nose. Hide things, uh, you could start it um, in a... In a closer proximity and then work your way to a really really large proximity if they know what they're going for they will work until they find it so that's a really good way uh to exercise the hound they are also typical in barking and yeah when they once they found something they're gonna be vocal about i found it i found it they're also very territorial for the for i don't know about all of the hounds but if you go with the beagle uh i know beagles can be very protective of their home I know a lot of beagles that were very the ones that I've knew the ones that I've knew just barked and howled uh, 
Every a day. lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I actually um, I haven't. I don't know that many hounds. No, me neither. It's not a very popular. It's not a popular group, and I think from one thing is that because of the vocal part, mm-hmm. just like terriers that could be very vocal. The Terry also has the aggressive side, which a lot of people have a hard time. The education part of the Terry is that that's another reason why people that after they got one, they're like, I'm never going to have another one ever mm-hmm. again. Hounds is uh, similar because of the vocal part and the sniffing. They just love to be out. It's not a dog that's going to love enjoying just staying at home. Yeah. They're going to be dogs that would love maybe going for hikes and going out and sniffing everywhere and going to new places all the time because every time they're going to go to a new place... They have new odors to, to, exactly. t- to smell. And they're going to be like, oh, wow, this is great. So yeah. it's not for everybody, for sure. It's not the, the group for everyone. But this is probably, this will be their favorite activity. Mm-hmm. For sure. Hide and seek. Yeah. So next we have herding. Afina, it's you. <laughs> so we have the herding breed, uh, which is Corgis, Australian Shepherd, Border Collie. Um, so else? typically their job is to... Just heard. Seek and destroy. Seek and destroy. <laughs> <laughs> or seek and return. <laughs> seek and return. Well, just to direct where the yeah. sheep has to go from one one pla- uh, place A to place B. Yeah, so these dogs might jump after cars, jump after bikes. Anything that moves. Go, anything that's moving, yeah. So they can also be good for the rodents. They can be good for grouping. They could be. They might hurt your children. <laughs> yeah, running and then they bite at the ankles. Yeah. Afina still does it sometimes. She does it after Layla. It's kind of funny. Like, Layla just starts running back and forth in the house, and then she just... <laughs> she's just biting she's like, on my uh, my hand right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's because I think she's... Uh, she's bored. A little bored. So, yep. as we're discussing keeping your dogs busy, I gave her something to chew. We brought her outside, and now she just wants to move. She wants she wants human. She wants human interaction right yeah. now. So, she, if I had a ball right now, but I don't... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she would like to fetch. So fetch is a really good uh, activity for herding dogs. Yeah. She doesn't bring it back, though, because it's not like a retriever. <laughs> True. <laughs> she likes running after it. Retrievers are in the working group. Uh, no, they're in the sporting. Ah, we see. That's true. Sporting. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. So uh, for herding, we talked about running, running after things. Herding classes are available. Agility classes are available. Other kinds of sports where they're going to be running, 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 running. Uh, and interactive as per usual, I think in every group we're talking about interactive. Treat dispensers, frisbees, chewing is going to be a big one for these dogs. They need to be constantly doing something. They have a lot of energy. Yep, they're really exercise, activity, movement type of dogs. They're not dogs to just lay or stay around, lay around everywhere. Athena is still considered low to medium, but she still has all of the herding behaviors. Yeah. So we still need to do those movements. So this is another breed that will be very happy accompanying you and your family on trips, on vacations, on activities, on walks, on runs, on bike rides. They're going to be really happy just being there and doing things with you. Following around and moving all the time. Mm -hmm. They love movement. Yeah. So as I was just uh, mistaken for uh, the group, retrievers are in the sporting group. So... Sporting, we're talking. Or I think I put them together. It's not the same group, but I put them together because here, toy and non-sporting are considered two groups. Right. But I put them together. Sporting. Okay, so we're talking about like tollers, labs, retrievers. Uh, These dogs are going like if you're hunting and you're shooting something down, whether it's a duck, 
whether it's uh, anything really, they're gonna go find it. They're gonna use their scent of smell to go find it and they're gonna bring it back to you. So fetch, frisbee, water play, big, big, big wins for this, uh, this group. Yeah, so example like for even the go uh, golden retrievers, tollers, poodles even, their job is to go and get the duck. Let's say you're, you're hunting and you're, the duck is falling in the water. They'll go and get the duck and bring it back to you unharmed. Usually yeah. these types are not really destructive. Again, you could still get that one that knows the full, full-on concept of catching something and killing it and then ripping it apart. If your dog learns to rip it apart, well, your dog knows the whole sequence of how to eat in the wild. But now the dog uh, from us, because he's domesticated, he's destroying toys. So my uh, my poodle, Layla, she, she, it's a kind of a retriever, but they're considered just in the uh, non-sporting, I think. Non-sporting, yeah. Which I don't understand. I don't understand either, but they're still very... Maybe it changed. They Maybe have a job. Wrong. They have a job. It's not just about grooming them and uh, doing competitions of grooming. I'm going to look that up. They retrieve and... Um, she loves fetch. Fetch is like her favorite game. And um non-sporting, doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't say why. The poodle called the pudel <laughs> in German, Kanish is a breed of water dog. The breed is divided into four breeds. Okay, yeah. So they're considered uh Non-sporting, but like we said, they, they like do a lot of grooming. Fetch. Now they're really used a lot for aesthetic and grooming and so stuff. So maybe they're losing That's their instincts a little bit. Not really. Mm. Not really. I find she still retrieves very, very well. I mean, for the one that I have, yeah, she maybe. retrieves. She goes to get the stuff. She'll even grab at the neck. She like when they play between dogs, they tend to a lot go at that area. They still have their. In they could still have their instinct, even though they're not doing their their job anymore. Of course. So they're gonna really enjoy the fetching, getting the frisbee, playing in the water. If they learn to not be afraid of water at a young age, they love playing with water mm -hmm. or going inside oh, the water. Oh, Leila and her baby pool. Yeah, I know. It's so cool. I had to do it because. If I knew that her job was that, I had to offer it to her. Yeah. And now whenever there's water anywhere, she loves to, she loves to play with it. <laughs> so those would be the pretty much frequent... More. Like, we're talking about favorites here. Again, adapt to the one that you have because it could change depending on your breeder, what it was going for, for instincts. If they're going more for aesthetic or show... Like, working dogs. If you're going to get a working dog from that specific group... For sure, those dogs are going to love doing specifically Breed that specific activity. Stuff, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so it's definitely something to look up. Our last, well, two last groups, because I decided to put them together, is toy and non-sporting group. They tend to be on the more lower medium, low to medium drive, I would say. Will there still be high drive dogs in those groups? Very possible, so be aware. And actually, because people see them typically as less... Um, Dogs that might be less busy or that have less of a job, they might be less stimulated. And this is where I've seen the most, I, in my opinion, behavioral issue is in the toy and non-sporting group. So they could be more aggressive, they could be more nippy, they could be more whiny, they can be more... They're just bothered. And usually that's because they're not given enough things to do because yes. there's less breed-specific activity. We think they're just a companion to just follow us everywhere. But yeah. So this would be the type of thing that you can try almost everything when it comes to 
uh, play, when it comes to jobs, and when it comes to types of toys and types of shoes, it's actually pretty cool because there's nothing breed specific. You can try everything. You can see if they like to chew on wood, if they like to chew a bully stick, if they like to use treat dispensers, if they like puzzles, if they like fetch, if they like finding, if they could, it could be anything. My recommendation is starting on a clear canvas. When mm. they're young as a puppy, they'll show you a bunch of behaviors. Try to see what they prefer at that point. Yeah, I guess there's because be what's gonna happen is if if you don't give them any types of activities to do at a young age, and they just learn to do nothing, they develop bad habits. They de they develop the habits of not stimulating. They just don't know what stimulation is, and I have a great example because of a lot of people have from this group come for grooming. Mm -hmm. And the dogs are not, they're not used to being stimulated. Yeah. So then when we come to behavioral grooming and then I stimulate them, they're like, I've never seen my dog it like this. No, not in the sense of freaking them out, but just the dogs don't know how to work. Hmm. So some of them, it's hard to unblock them because they've never learned to work their whole life. They're very, very hard to un, like. To get through to. To get through to because they've never learned to be stimulated. Hmm. Mental stimulation and working. So they're frozen. Yeah. They're like depressed. They they just learn to be this way. But then when you start stimulating them, they're like they wake up. Mm. Then you have. And to then once you start, and then when you start waking them up, people are like, "Wow, my dog is alive. It wants to play. It wants to do this. It wants to do that. It wants to be groomed. Like it wants to work for the grooming." And people are impressed, and I'm like, "It's not because it's a toy or a companion that has less drive." That technically this dog can be stimulated and work and do all these things. It's a dog, mm -hmm. period. Yeah. It needs those activities. Yeah. And they're going to be happy this way. It's really going to be stress-free or less stress if they are stimulated. Yeah. It's really fun for them. Love to know where we get all the products we talk about on our podcast? Head to musospa.com and use promo code DOGSPA to get 11% off your purchases. Exclusions do apply. Shipping is available all over Canada. We covered all the groups. Now, since we finished with toy and non-sporting and we said that they pretty much can do anything, and I like the whole idea that you said of a blank canvas, every dog is pretty much going to show you their preference. Some dogs like to chew on wood. Try the fetching, try yeah. the tugging, try the running, walking, sniffing. Mental yeah. stimulation, walking, chewing. Walking. Lots of walking for those dogs too. Uh, so we're going to go over a list of different types of It could toys. be in toys or activities, stuff like that, that you could you could try. Try it on your older dog. You might notice like, if, like you, like say, I don't know, your dog's already older. You show him a Frisbee, you're like, what is this? Yeah. He like they not, don't know what not, it is. might not care about that. But I can give Chef as an example. Chef has never been a dog that liked to play much. He likes to run. He likes to walk. He likes to, if there's kids around or you're running around, he'll run after you and he's just happy running. Uh, but he never played. It took me a really long time just to get him to fetch a stick. And even at that, he'll do it four or five times tops and then that's it. But recently, uh, dispensing toys, he's actually really enjoyed that. And even though he's a big dog and he could tear these dispensing toys apart, he just likes going in it and finding the toy. Or licking. Or licking it, yeah. He kind of sticks his tongue and tries to lick it, and then it gets all full of drool, and it sticks, and he gets frustrated. I mean, hey, he's, he's, I guess he doesn't know how these things work. You know what? At <laughs> least old. he's still learning. Even though he's a senior, Yeah. he's still learning, and he discovered that, oh, I like this. So we have to just start easy. Yeah, actually, we can add to all of these breeds is teaching them new tricks. 
that's something that keeps their brain busy and is going to keep them energized. Like chef, uh, we taught him touch recently. Yeah. He, did, he didn't, he's 12 years old and he learned a new trick and he loves doing it. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's going to take a bit longer. Maybe you have to be a little bit more patient, but doesn't mean you can't get those results. Yeah, so dispensing is really just of either a toy or a towel or any type of thing that you could have treats inside that the dog has to do a certain movement for the treats to come out. Mm -hmm. And that is like a search, searching kind of game because yeah. they have to do something to, to, get, the, to, get, to, get, the, to get the treat yeah. out. So this is a really fun and most dogs, because it's a little bit easier or you could change this... Um, level to easy to medium to yeah, hard because you can have dispenser toys that have a big hole for the treats to come out some are really small some are adjustable exactly some are even locking where it's like a puzzle a puzzle where you have to open a certain uh, latch to get the toy or you have to move it from side to side or a sequence of different things some of them have to pass through tubes to get out it's there there's so many different ones so starting with something a little easier is always the best. And yeah. if you notice that your dog does like it or that they get bored with it fast, then you could increase the difficulty. Exactly. Our next one would be chewing. Every dog should be chewing. Every one, single one. One, it's like we said before, 30 minutes of chewing equivalents to 90 minutes of a walk mm -hmm. exercise, physical activity. Chewing is calming. It wastes their energy. It's without, too. Without it being us... Being part of the activity. I know some people, they'll say like, well, my dog won't chew unless I hold it. Well, it's because the dog thought that. Yeah. It I, learned I mean, that. if you think about it in the wild, the dog to get to whatever food it's going to eat is going to need to chew through stuff. Yeah. So this is one of the most natural behaviors. Maybe not so much anymore. And it cleans their teeth. That's what's the important yeah. thing. Because if they're on kibble, if they're on canned food, if even raw, I'm like saying raw accumulates less. But if there's more carbs, then the carbs will stick to the teeth and then accumulate plaque and then tartar. Mm -hmm. Chewing, the more the dog chews, even my dog, Myla, on kibble, when she was eating kibble at first, she always had nice teeth. Why? Because she was a crazy chewer. She <laughs> loved chewing all the time. So. Yeah, and chewing could be anywhere from dehydrated treats to raw <laughs> bones, uh, to toys. full prey. There's also toys, toys like Benna bones or yeah. Nyla bone. That they're like hard chews. Yeah, and even actually some treat dispensing toys have certain like little ledges and little stuff sticking like out. chewing sides, yeah. Chewing sides that'll come and rub on the teeth. Um, so yeah, the variety of chews, whether it could be wings, feet, necks, skin. Uh, muscles. Muscles, tendons. There's so many different options. And sometimes, you know, us as humans... We don't like to always see it, but you know, if you're going to the most natural thing possible, you want to use one ingredient treats as much as possible. Yeah. Um, well, we get this desensitized with time, honestly, yeah. when I've seen the rabbit treats or heads and stuff like Face that. Notes. At first, it's like a bit weird. It looks weird. You're like, oh my God, it, like, it looks actually like the animal. But I mean, over time, you know that it's what the dog's supposed to eat, yeah. what could eat in the nature. I just accepted it and I'm desensitized from seeing it now. Yeah. I, I don't I don't react as much as I yeah. used to. Yeah, some people react, but I mean, look, you have options. You, can you have so many things. options. If you're not comfortable with that, don't yeah. give it. Don't yeah. give it if you're not comfortable. Yeah. So next we have puzzles, which I said could be kind of in the dispensing category, but it's really going to make your dog use their brain. And there's many different types of levels of puzzles. Yeah, so the puzzles could be DIY where you make it yourself. 
Or you could have puzzles like one of the most famous and popular ones that exists on the market is Nina Otosum. Mm -hmm. They have levels of one, two, three, four, even I think lately they just created more difficult ones where they have to like, let's say, uh, do two steps before getting a treat. Yeah. Like instead of like, let's say, turning something and then getting a treat or opening a door and getting a treat. And then pushing or pulling. Then you have to pull something to then get to the treat, like a two or three step before getting a treat. I mean, Myla used to love those. And guys, if this is something that you're interested in having, you just have to let us know and we can order them for you. There's so many different kinds that we, we're going to do them on special order only so that we make sure yeah. we get the right ones. Yes. Uh, and what comes to puzzles is that it also depends on, let's say, your breed or your dog. So if you know your dog a little bit and know their preference, we could help you decide on which puzzle might be better for them. Exactly. Because there's different types where some are more pushing, some are more scratching. Uh, needs requires a certain skill mm -hmm. that you have to teach them. Hey, this could even be good for your cats, depending on what kind of instinct your cat has. It could if be specific it's a, to cats. Yeah. A breed specific, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in that, just give us a shout. We can look at the different options for you, and uh, we can order that for you. Yeah. And our next one, and this is really important, guys, and I'm gonna tell you, no more, just a bowl on the floor. For your dog. Yeah, no. Just food in a bowl. Your dog doesn't work for the meal. Uh, it's eating not stimulating. too fast. It's not stimulating. They get to eat too fast. There's no work involved. They work... If they would be in the wild, they'd have to work for their food. Hard. For their, work hard. Very hard. They could spend days without eating. Like, mm -hmm. they're starving. They have to hunt. Then they have to hold their prey. They got to take off the skin. They, anyways, we won't go into the gruesome details, but... And it does. If the dog doesn't do anything, it just sleeps all day and eats in a regular bowl, they're not stimula stimulating enough. Which there, there's also, no stimulation. you're not getting any energy out. You can expect that the dog starts to get bored. Maybe he's going to start demanding more food. Gonna or it won't listen to you. And then yeah. you're going to call... We're going to just say, my dog is stubborn. No. The dog just didn't learn anything and it's not stimulated enough. Doesn't appreciate the relationship they have with you. But if you start offering all these types of games and things to satisfy their needs, they're going to be like, wow, this is great. And sometimes it's going to take some time to unblock that. There's some people who said, well, I tried to give it to him in a toy, but then he didn't eat. So I took it out of the toy. Don't give up. Just, <laughs> just, he has to be hungry. You have to start slow, start yeah. with easier things, maybe just throwing a bit of the kibble in the grass. And if they don't eat for a day or two, it's really not the end of the world. It's, it's not, not the same thing as, as, as a child or a cat. Cats need to eat uh, every day, but so dogs a good, is not the same. Actually, so from going from here, what a good, <laughs> a good bowl, that if we do use bowls, which one I would recommend is slow feeders. Yeah. It's easy. They're easier types of games or feeding it's still a bowl it just has different like shapes sh yeah shapes. and where they have to lick and they have to move, move and nose, yeah. so that they search for the food a little bit so yeah. they don't eat as fast that's one because yeah. sometimes people tell me oh my dog eats so fast and then he pukes right away after yeah. so that would reduce that one thing and maybe instead of eating in two seconds five seconds now he's gonna eat in 15 30 45 seconds it's good where to start from here yeah. Then once your dog is used to that, then we go to more difficult ones. Which, same thing. We do have some slow feeders, slow bowls, lick mats. Uh, we have some options in store. However, if there's any particular one that you want to try, all you have to do is let us know and we can see if we can get that for you. <clears throat> Our next one, this one could be as much as there's games, toys that could have this specific uh, activity, or 
make it yourself or games that you could do at home. So this one is called search. Search a hide and seek. It could be searching like you're hiding something somewhere and then the dog has to go find it. Sometimes you hide yourself and they have to find you. If you if Yeah, that's a game to too. That. It doesn't have to always be. And this is something that I think we should mention is that the games don't always have to be food about related. food. Yeah. We always think like, oh, we, we're doing reinforcement, positive reinforcement training and we use food. Well, you could use games. You could use your kid. Go hide your kid behind a tree and have your dog find him. For real, it's fun for both yeah, of them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> it will occupy both. Yeah. But it doesn't have to always be food. Like walking and sniffing. Just mm-hmm. sniffing for them is a reinforcement. Yeah. It doesn't have to it's always work. imply food. Hide and seek again. You're hiding yourself somewhere and they have to look for you. Again, they're when they, they find you, they're so happy to exactly. see you. Use whatever you know that they, they enjoy. And like Mel said, it doesn't need to be food related. But since we're talking about, you know, different breeds, different toys, different shoes, we're... we're A popular game also for certain like herding or uh, working dogs. They love tugging. Oh, yeah, tug. The True. tug game. Again, learn the cue release so that they can control letting go of the of the tug because some of them just don't stop yeah some of them even tries to grab your hands because they want you to let it go like they know okay if i bite here she'll let it go and i win so some of them they'll prefer that type of thing instead of food not always just i have to feed my dog if you could use the dog's meal in games and toys and all of that stuff that's fun it's amazing yeah you could do that too so that kind of all of these sort of fit into the training uh, you're training your dog to be more independent. You're training your dog to use their energy. You can use training itself as an activity. We mentioned that as well earlier, how it's never too late to have your dog learning something new. Uh, so this is one that training is could all, be, at all times. Training could be training a routine. Training for potty training. Training for not going outside, like leaving the door open and training the dog's not running release, out. Release a, training a, to release for the tug. Touch. Touch. It's just so many things that you could do for training that doesn't necessarily be just a trick like sit. Yeah, and if you uh, have no ideas, as we mentioned, uh, was it today? Yeah, it was uh, earlier in this episode. Uh, There are websites and groups that will have challenges that you learn. You have to have your dog learn a new command every week or they'll give you ideas of different stuff to do at different difficulty levels. So... There's so many different options online as well if you're out of ideas. And we could also do like personal one-on-one training classes, courses that we could do. Like, okay, I have this dog. They prefer this and this and this and this. These are the behaviors I'm dealing with. This, you could train these new tricks, these new behaviors that will highly make your routine and your lifestyle much, much more fun because you're satisfying your dog and the dog knows how to live with you in the right way. Yeah, so we went over fetch as well. Uh, we can. There's so many squeak <coughs> toys. If your dog likes plush, crinkles, likes squeak. things that scream sounds. Yeah. yeah, there's so many of those. Uh, we have water toys. So there are options if your dog likes to either fetch at the bottom of the water or if you want it to float on the top of the water. Uh, Westpaw, I think, has a, a yep. brand of those. Yeah, <clears throat> that is something we can also get. Um, we don't have any more in store, but they are available. Uh, so that could be a really interesting activity for some of your dogs during the summertime where they have to go fetch in the water. Um, we talked about slow bowls. We also talked about lick mats. So licking in general on a lick pad, uh, on what else can you use? Uh, 
well, pretty much different. There's different kinds of lick pads, different difficulty levels. Some of lick toys, pads. Some, some toys, toys. like uh, when you're putting, example, like softer food or raw, they have, have to toy. lick it. Some dogs love licking. Yeah, and then you'll put some of those toys in the freezer, and then they have to lick even more to get it out. So licking has an automatic soothing and stress relief response. Yes. So this is a way for cats and for dogs to use their energy in a way that's going to calm them down. So this is also a good entry level activity. Uh, it's very easy. Uh, but even though it's easy, it doesn't mean it's useless if your dog is more experienced. If, uh, you know, it's still something that's an option. What's great is as much as you can to vary the types of activities you offer so that you don't create boredom in your pet. Exactly. You don't always give the same thing. Um, from there, we talked about walks, sniffing things out, hiding and seeking. <clears throat> yeah, um, so during walks, you could cre- you could do obedience time where a certain amount of your walk, you ask for commands like sit, heal, down, stop, all of these things, come, stay, all these words. And then at some point you're like, okay, break. And then you let them sniff. Hmm. They have to have that at each walk yeah. because it's going to be comforting for them. It's relaxing. They sniff new things. And new- they're doing it based on what they're interpreting, right? It's not just always what you're commanding them to do. They're using their own brain too. Oh, I picked up a smell here. Let me go over here. Who's been here? That's a little more independent. Yeah, and it's more... It's also stimulating. Yeah. We have to let them sniff. It's okay for you to understand, okay, my dog's not just doing whatever it wants, peeing everywhere and sniffing everything. Have that time where you're doing a bit of training so that they listen to you, mm-hmm. so that there's the obedience and the relationship, but at some point also know that the dog has a need and the sniffing is very beneficial. Yeah, exactly. Um, searching for a scent. So we talked about out odor detection. Uh, we talked about that at the first breed when we were talking about the rats. There's courses regarding that, like like the rat one, where they have to search for the rat. But it also doesn't have to be necessarily that. We could teach them about sniffing a drug. Yeah. Or an herb. Like at a class, we're not going to use drugs. But <laughs> you'd be like, here, here's some weed. Let's hide it inside a cup and make the dog find weed. No. And we're going to start with, let's say, a treat, a dog treat. Yeah. We're going to put a treat inside a cup and we're going to hide it somewhere. And then the dog, once it s- sniffs it and it sits, yeah. okay, you found the treat. Then you start mixing it with a herb or a, like a drug or stuff like that. So the dog eventually knows that every time I sniff this specific odor, mm-hmm. I do a command like sit or lay down or bark that I found it. Yeah. So odor I detection. I believe this is also odor but their senses you know dogs have heightened senses this is also how they train them to be able to tell when a person's gonna have like a panic attack or an epileptic yes attack. yes that's it's another the same one type of thing but this is just on the higher difficulty level of this training yeah because for sniffing cancer or sniffing uh, epilepsy seizures and stuff like that is like another level of yeah yeah absolutely uh, then we have, we talked about agility, so that could be the, uh, what's it called, what's it called when they have to chase, like, the thing on the, on the rope, on the, uh, uh lure, uh, lure chasing, or? Lure chasing, yeah, exactly. Uh, then obedience, fly ball, herding classes, um, teaching them tricks, like, freestyle, having them jump on your back, jumping for a frisbee. Like, it's like a dance, a like a choreography, it's, it's really fun. These, I've seen a lot of terriers and a lot of herding dogs specifically doing uh, freestyle. Yeah. They have a high energy, right? High energy and they love pleasing humans. They love doing stuff with humans. So these are like relationship games and sports to do with them. And this, they love doing that. This is not like a circus where it's like you're forcing them to do something they don't want to do. This is getting rid of their energy. These dogs are happy and they're tired at the end of the day. They're satisfied. And honestly, I want to like 
talk about this because once I went to a salon where there's a bunch of breeder, uh, breeders and there is this Jack Russell breeder that was there and they sell... Well, now I think they're retiring, actually. I was really sad because eventually I would have wanted one from their breeding uh, kennel, but when I saw their dogs, like... They're working dogs, and you have to do sports with them. You have to... When you're gonna adopt one, they're like, okay, if you're adopting it, it's not just a house dog or a companion dog. This dog will love to do sports with you. And she had a Frisbee next to her. The dog never looked at me, stared at the Frisbee the whole time I was speaking to the breeder. I was like, wow, the dog's obsessed with the Frisbee. Wow. Take the Frisbee, and then that tail's going like crazy, like... Ah, okay, I have to run after it. It's like <laughs> throw, throw the frisbee. <laughs> like they become obsessed. Like they love it so much, and their happy hormones. The, yeah. You see it how happy they are. Like if you don't offer this to them, it's it's sad. Yeah, that is. But sad. it's just noticing how and their owner, how obsessed they are with their owner. Like I've seen so many times where these dogs, like Jack Russells, I've I've watched a lot of videos and stuff with Jack Russells because I really love this breed. And I have one of my friends acquaintances that does training she has three jack russells and she does a bunch wow. of things with them and one she does freestyle and then the other one she does frisbee with okay, they do try. moving they do acting wow. she, she does that for wishbone. a living <laughs> like wishbone <laughs> but she does that for a living you know and these dogs are happy like they but they're obsessed with her though but look at every dynamic they don't be... care about me they don't yeah. care about the person next door the person on the street They're just focused on the owner and what do you want me to do? But every relationship where you're able to satisfy the need of the other person, whether that be a human relationship, a, a, with dogs, with your pet, doesn't matter what kind of pet it is. If you're able to satisfy their needs, they're more likely to have that stronger bond with you. Yeah. They're going to trust you. They're going to feel safe with you. So this is where success in these type of activities will come from as well. Because yeah. that dog's respected, the dog's treated well, and the needs are satisfied. Yeah. And it's it's going to be good for both... The, like, the fact of just saying, I want a dog. And doing enough. And doing <laughs> things with them. Yeah. You see how happy they are, and it's good for you too. You're doing activities with them. Therapeutic. It's, it's It feels great for everybody. Mm -hmm. And the last one, I would say, we haven't spoken about it much in the episode but that a lot of people it's becoming more and more popular is canicross and hiking yeah. where the canicross is like a certain harness that they have to wear and the dog's pulling you yeah that's in actually direction. very popular here in quebec yeah it's uh, depending i guess on certain areas and stuff but yeah ha they have to wear this specific harness where they pull and then they're running and they're doing a bunch of things and a lot of people i notice like they love hiking They like going in nature, going in mountains. Uh, you could do it on a bike as well, where they pull you on the bike. They pull you on a... Um, bike during? Bike during, yeah. And uh, the other one, like the huskies on a sled, right? Sled, yeah. You could do canicross with the sled also. So there's winter sports. Obviously, I think it's because here we have so many, uh, so many climate, seasons yeah. and everything. So a lot of people love this here in this area. So we don't forget about this one, but like let's say like huskies and certain breeds like that, they're and working dogs, they're gonna love this type of uh, sport. I don't think we mentioned pulling actually in the working breed. That's a big one. Pulling, yeah, that's yeah, yeah because they're pulling weight or uh, some actually, of them are pulling. Um, which I call it, uh, like the Saint Bernards in the snow. They're true. pulling people out of the snow. True. Yeah, that's yeah. for searching though. But yeah, I yeah. Guess that's true. But searching. let's say for weight, 
Like mm. wearing, putting weight. Like sometimes people life tell guarding. me lifeguarding. Sometimes they're able to pull a person out of the water. Yeah, and uh, there's this other one where sometimes people tell me like, oh, I go on walks. It's not and it's not enough. And my dog doesn't like this and this activity. What do I do? Mm. I'm like, just take a backpack, a dog backpack, put some weight in it, oh, and your dog's gonna work hard during its walk, and it's exhausting. True. And just increase the weight over time. Yeah, of course, be careful if your dog's a senior. Maybe you want to look at the back first. But if your dog is a, a full uh, adult and is in full health, definitely putting the dog-appropriate backpack and filling it with weights or filling it with your water bottle, your keys, your stuff, whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. That is not putting them through, uh, like, torture or pain. You get the right type of equipment, and that's fine as well it just automatically puts them in work mode because they have to do more than just walking yeah fina she needs to work now she's yeah. uh, she's done uh taking a break and being listening to us on podcasts they're like come on man now i need to go run <laughs> so as we mentioned throughout the episode guys if ever there's any particular toy chew um game idea that you either need information on or that you're looking for or training purposes as well. Yeah, like we said, we can always tailor a certain um, training, like, report. We can give you ideas. Um, don't be shy. Reach out to us, and we'd be happy to give you more information for that. So, thank you for listening to our episodes about different types of activities and stimulation for your dog. Share with your family, share on social media, share us all over the place so that people get to know and hear all about wellness things for their pets. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be back next time on another episode. See you next time. Bye-bye.